I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Doggins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who had the greatest sports weekend. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. Well, I was thinking about this. It's not the greatest because it started off with that dumb Laker game. But oh, that's true. Uh, that was on Friday night. But, but if you got to go to that. That was still a great game to go to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. I Nick's allowing me to share my Lakers thoughts here in a second on the whole thing, but the past like couple hours for me have just been incredible. Lamar and Luca, you, you had the greatest sports like five hour period. There you go. So <laughs> this morning, y'all know I work at a church. This morning, I showed up wearing my Lamar jersey with a blazer over Lamar the top. Jackson, the quarterback for the Ravens. Isaac's a Ravens fan. NFL football for our international <laughs> listeners. There you go, and. People were making jokes that like only you would try to rock this jersey with a blazer over the top. So here, no, I, no, no. only I, you would wear a Baltimore Ravens jersey in Dallas. Just you know, walking around the church. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I taught on stage with this thing, and uh, now he that's taught what how to I'm, run a post pattern. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm crediting. <clears throat> and there's this kid this morning. I almost kicked him out of church. That's probably not a good thing. But wow, are you allowed to do that? No, it's not. What would, what would God say? This dude literally walked up to me, this kid in high school, and says, Johnny Manziel is just as elusive as Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so I don't know why you're hyping him up as his juice and all stuff. Did you tell him that he eluded the NFL? <laughs> I just said, I'll pray for you, bro. And no, no, but literally, he, I mean, what a bad comment. But you got to get, you got to finish this Raven stuff. Go, go. <laughs> no, well, I'm bringing it full circle of. I'm like, man, I get Luca and Lamar for like the next decade of my fandom. I'm so, I'm kind of spoiled right now. I'm just soaking it all in because it, the similarities of both of them, I've went down this route a little bit, but they were both just doubted coming out. It was like all the Lamar stuff. He, he's only going to be a receiver. He can't do this, can't do that. He can't be a quarterback. The whole Luca thing. But did he do this against Georgia Tech though? And you know, second best league in the world. Athleticism. It, just all this stuff. And now I just, I just sat back and just love it all. And I love Lamar Jackson. It's just fun beating Tom Brady and the Patriots and all this stuff this past week. And But this is not a football podcast. I just love Lamar. But Luca, I mean, we're going to talk about this more over the next couple of days, but we got to have a re-ranking because I feel like we were <laughs> we pushed the boundaries a little bit on of saying Luca's a top 20, top 25 player. Some people are like, hey, tweeting as like, this was back like what, six months ago or back in the, at the end of last season? They're like, you're being a little bit biased. Like, it was in the on, off okay. season, yeah. And now I feel like everyone's on this train now. So we're all about this. And I think we're going to talk about that more over the next day or so. But <sighs> that Lakers game on Friday, I haven't got a chance to listen to Kirk and yourself. Did y'all hammer the referees? That's all I want to know. Man, Kirk took the Kirk took the stance that the Mavericks did more things to lose the game than just the refs. And so that's what that's Ooh. kind of the, that's kind of the stance that he took on it. Uh, I tried I definitely called out a bunch of stuff from the refs. 
Uh, because I thought the Lakers got so many calls that they didn't deserve. That's and I I hate that. Are as, you feeling as, all right? As a sports, fan. that's like one thing I hate as a sports fan. If like your team is winning, but they're getting all these calls, you're like, are we really winning this game? <laughs> yes. You know, it's just, it feels like a, a cheap win at that point, and that. That Lakers game definitely didn't really feel like a win as a Lakers fan. But, yeah, so on the podcast today, we're going to talk to Isaac about his you know, experience at the game, the Lakers game on Friday. Like Isaac said, if you didn't hear from me and Kirk, we also got audio from Dorian Finney-Smith. It was a good conversation with Isaac and Dorian, uh, as well as Carlisle, some Carlisle audio at the end of that. You can go back and listen to our podcast from Friday night slash Saturday morning. So you can go listen to that one. And this is, and we're also this is our post game pod for the Cleveland game. Uh, Luca had two incredible statistical games back to back. The Mavs are now four and two. They're sitting, they're sitting at third right now in the West. Which uh, I don't know if <laughs> the math holds up to that. There's like eighteen four and two teams, but <laughs> so many good things. So that's what we're going to do on the podcast today. So we're going to start with your uh, your thoughts on the Lakers game because. Man, that was a crazy game. You just kept texting me saying this is the most mad I've ever been at a sporting event in my life. Yeah, so it's it's honestly good that I didn't do a podcast after that game. My dad was in from Kentucky, and he was just in for like three days. That's why I wasn't on the podcast. Uh, that's really why I wasn't on the podcast. But uh, honestly, we had planned going into it of my dad and I recording like a few minutes and me sending it to Nick and putting it on the podcast, and then him and Kirk or somebody else, blah, blah, blah. And I literally texted him during the game, like, there's no way I'm going to do an audio after this. One, my voice is hurting because I was yelling so much. I'm just, I'm not typically a guy that yells at referees in, at any at any level. Even when I played high school, like, I didn't, I would talk smack to some, like, other players, but not, like, referees. And, but attending games, like, a, you know, foul doesn't go your way. You just kind of like, dang, okay, you missed that call. It was so bad that night. I mean, my dad and I, we were yelling so much. And we were probably like 10 rows up from Jeff Skin Wade. So Skin was Skin was like legit second row behind Cuban, like underneath the goal. Amazing tickets. And I love how you said that in reference to Jeff Skin Wade instead of in reference to Mark Cuban. Or in reference to the court, you said we were 10 rows up from Jeff Skin Wade instead of like 11 rows up from Cuban or 12 rows up from the court. <laughs> No, it's just skins all the <laughs> We love skin. You skin and, uh, is the reference for where you are. <laughs> well, and honestly, I was like, I, so when we attend these games, I mean, obviously, I love the Mavericks and stuff. As media, when you work the games, you know, you're sitting in a press box, whatever, and it's like, you got to try to be a little professional. Sometimes I'll stand up at a big play or whatever, but I'm never going to yell at, you know, when I'm working a game. So obviously, I wasn't working this game, and I was screaming so much. At the beginning, it was like, this is a cool, sentimental moment. I'm, I get to boo and cheer against LeBron with my dad. Your favorite like, thing. Both, we both cannot stand LeBron. We, we we don't like so like we were both standing up booing all this stuff, but Lakers fans, they're the worst, bro. Like <laughs> agreed, the <laughs> worst. There's so many of them, and I haven't seen the AAC that hostile in a, a long, long time because it was just a combination of there's so many Lakers fans. The Mavericks are actually good now, so the game was really good. And then the referees just made it so much worse. And I heard story after story from people that were sitting in different parts of the arena that night, from the upper levels to lower levels, of people just getting into it near fights. And it was, 
I mean, when I say it was wild, it was really wild. Like it was crazy. There was LeBron fans. Wait, you next. saw I fights, my, or you just heard that there were fights happening? I heard that there was just a, in like intense crap going down everywhere. Different people that I know is there that I talked to about that game, and they're like, "Man, yeah, up in this level or this level or this and this section." It's like there was crap going down here and there. I, I spent like minutes of the game trying to tell my dad, please don't get in a fight. Just just don't do it. Because there was this um there was this gentleman wearing a a Lakers jersey right next to my dad. Uh was like three sizes too small. Just screaming the whole time, talking trash to people. And yes. And he did not need to be wearing a smedium. And my dad, <laughs> I swear he looked over to me like five different times and said, I'm going to punch him. I will punch it. My dad's like ex Navy, like was, all this stuff. And was I'm like, the Smedium guy talking to you guys, or is he just not talking to us? In but he general. was like, turn around, and you know the fans that just turn around and talks in general to the oh, section. Yeah, what? I'm like, no, please I don't do this. You stand don't stand that person. No, I'm do like, you don't know my dad. <sighs> my dad will hit you right now, and uh. I don't want to leave this game. And so it was brutal. But funny moment with my dad before we walked in, we're we're outside on the sidewalk, and he sees the little banner of Ryan Brokoff, and he goes. Who's this guy? He looks like a financial consultant. No, he did not. And I swear, and I died. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know. Like, his nickname's like the accountant. He's probably like, and all this stuff. And he doesn't get to play very much. He and, played in the game. He played know, in the Cavs like, game. We'll definitely talk. He did, yes. He hit a three. Shouts. Shouts to the accountant. It's tax season, everyone. No, it's, it's not tax, season. tax season. It's tax season um, when Ryan Brokoff gets to play. But okay, so I don't obviously I don't want to spend a ton on the Lakers stuff. But you were there. I it's just, an, it's an in, you were the only person that was in the arena on this podcast. I, I just I was I haven't been that mad at in a game at a game in a long time, and I I thought they got screwed. I, there's no way I don't care if y'all think I'm biased or not, but like I thought for just the home atmosphere for a home team, I get that it's ESPN and like all this stuff and it's the Lakers, but there were so many missed calls, so many no calls, uh, just just dumb crap. And with the Lucas stuff, I mean, we're not even going to discuss the Seth Curry hold. I mean, that was just obvious. Who gives a crap about the, about the two the, minute report? Yeah, the two what? minute report came out and said that it should have been a hold, which you know, it's yeah, not gonna, I mean, what are we supposed to freaking do with that? We just clap and say, congrats, two minute report, y'all screwed up. Like, I don't freaking care about that thing. Like, it's it's so stupid. Sometimes it gives us an explanation as to why they don't call things, but this one was. Oh, I mean, yeah, like the chokehold that that was a calming down method. I mean, he's, who, he's like, a peacekeeper. A joke. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, if he would, if he would have held him in the chokehold long enough, he would have passed out, and then peace would have happened. So he calmed him down. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I was when we got home that night. My dad was telling my wife about uh, just the game and stuff, and he goes, and gosh, he said. Isaac, he said, I haven't, I've seen him around different players or stuff before, but I haven't seen him act like he, he did when Doris Burke walked past him. He goes, you would think that she was just like the next like crazy. Cause I mean, I was like shook. She walked right past me. She did said he know that, like, who Doris Burke was? Yeah, he did. Okay. But like, I mean, I, I was like, so that'd be I, so I funny if like, just like, it's Doris some, Burke. Like, some like older blonde lady walks by and you freak out and he's like, why are you? <laughs> and she said, because we, yeah, well, we, we were sitting like front row during like pregame stuff. And she sat down like five feet from me, like to my left and where she was like setting for her ESPN mm. booth and stuff. So I was like shook. I wanted to talk to her. And cause I mean, she's just one of the most like, I, mean, I just respect her so much. I think she's literally the best at what she does and all this stuff. I mean, we can't, yeah, we both praise her all the time yeah. on this podcast. So I thought she was great. Okay. Uh, she was the first one to call out the Seth Curry hold. 
on the yeah, broadcast. Yeah, see, I didn't get to hear any of that stuff. She's been very open in broadcast before that. She listens to Locked On podcasts before mm-hmm. uh, in preparation for different things. And so, anyway, hopefully she listened to our podcast. She, she followed Locked On Mavs, the, the Twitter account, a while ago. I'm not sure Let's if she still does. Doris. But, but, yeah, we think, we think loyal listener Doris Burke. So, uh, fast forward to after the game. I, I do go in the locker room after the game because I do want to talk to a few people. I want to talk about Rick. I'm working on the story, whatever. And first off, Post Malone's waiting outside the locker room. He waited outside the locker room with his like group of people. He has a, a clan of people. I mean, Hold I on. swear. You, you saw Post Malone post game? Let's go. Let's Ooh, go. Posted up. Waiting on Luca. Um, but I don't know if he ever got to talk to Luca, but he was just chilling. He had so many people. I want to travel around. I don't even know if I have that many friends in my life, let alone friends that would travel around with me like that. I guess if I had that money, I could probably get some. But. <laughs> Anyway, I think one of the most telling moments tonight, we're standing in the locker room and Luca walks in and they uh, PR Scott says, hey, he's not going to talk right now. He's got to get some things done. And Luca walks in, grabs something from his locker, walks past his. I swear it looked like he had fought like a tiger. Okay, he had like scrapes on his arms and his head was like visibly bleeding in the back of his head. And this is before the stitches stuff. I mean, it literally looked like he just came out of battle. And I'm like, this is the bull crap. Like, he got the crap beat out of him that night. And it felt like hardly any of that crap was called. I was so mad. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that was literally 48 hours ago or two days ago. So that's, I, I have more, but I want us to talk the calves and good stuff. We're kind of past it at this point. But on, if we can say a good note from the Lakers thing on a national stage and everything, welcome to the Mavericks bandwagon. Because even though they lost or not, like that was a, hey, we're here, and I didn't see the LeBron thing until afterwards. Nick sent it to me to where uh, he praised Luca in person with a hug and all that stuff. Uh, just a cool moment, and I mean honestly, like LeBron recognizing Luca like that, huge. Luca going head to toe with him like that is insane. There's a lot of basketball stuff that I had issues with that. Like, hey, Dwight Powell. I mean, do we think he's like? Akeem Olajuwon right now, or is this Oof, like another another rough game for Dwight Powell against the Cavs <laughs> defensively? But I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even want to talk basketball. So anyway, let's get to the Cavs game because that was much much better. Lakers game, one of the best sporting events I've been at in a long time, even though it was a loss. The atmosphere is insane. If you have not been to a Mavs game and you live in Dallas, you need to get to one. It's it's so different right now, and it's it's insane. The energy, everything, and uh, man, it's so much fun. But anyway, let's go. Absolutely. Uh, the the Mavericks also with with that Lakers game, they scored what a hundred and ten points against the Lakers team. That's one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I mean, like they're legit. They're for real. Yeah, and KCP's legit. Um, Dwight <laughs> Dwight How I will say this: I watched Dwight warm up. Dwight has lost so much weight. I hadn't seen him this year, obviously yet, and you'd heard about that, read about it. But seeing him like up close and stuff, I was like, he walked out. And my dad goes, "That's not who I think it is. Is it? Is that Dwight?" <laughs> and he just, he's just visibly skinnier. His thighs are so so skinny, like it's crazy. It, and just the transformation that he's made since like Orlando days, and it's wild. But the Mavericks are a very very good basketball team, and uh, yeah, Luka Doncic is just insane right now. Absolutely. So coming up, we're going to get into Luka Doncic. We're going to get into the Cavs game. We're going to break all that down. But before we do, Manscaped is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. 20%. That's like what? That's like what? 
Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting from three. You can get that off at your order at manscaped.com. Promo code locked on at manscaped.com. All right, Isaac. Let's talk about this Cavs game first, and then we'll get into all the Luka craziness. I just tweeted out like a thousand stats that uh, just put all of it into perspective. But the Mavericks beat the Chicago. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was thinking about the Bulls earlier. Beat the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, 131 to 111. Luka Doncic, 29 points, 14 rebounds, 15 assists. Crazy. Mm. Uh, he also uh, he hit five of his 10 threes. Just, just wild, and he did it in front of another crazy Slovenian crowd, which is awesome. Shout out to any of you if you were there, any of the Slovenians that were there in Cleveland watching the game. That was pretty awesome. He went over and shook a bunch of hands, and I think he loves balling out in front of a crowd like that. You know, the, the Cleveland games, the Miami games, you know, places like that. When a bunch of you know his yes, countrymen yeah. show up, he uh, he loves to to just ball out. He had an incredible game. Porzingis, 18 points, 9 boards, 6 blocks. Gosh. Um, And then, you know, more off the bench. He had 12 points from Hardaway Jr. and Boban. Huge Boban game. Uh, 12 points from Tim Hardaway Jr. 10 points from Dorian Finney-Smith. 8 points from DeLon Wright off the bench. Another great bench game for the Mavericks. And this, this game really changed in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Mavericks were just up and down, up and down. Cleveland was hitting their threes. The Mavericks were just, they were not playing super intense defense against this team. And I, I wonder if the, if the Mavericks are going to get caught with their pants down against one of these teams that they consider bad because they're mm-hmm. like, okay, now we're a good team and we're going to put our guard down against some of these you know teams that we consider bad. And uh, I wonder if, if, if we kind of saw some of that in this game. But in the fourth quarter, Mavericks put in Porzingis and Boban, the two tallest player, players in the NBA right now outside of Taco Fall. Um, and they just stopped him at the rim. And it was it was an incredible display of, let's just go on a quick run. Let's show them a different look. And it's another, you know, another re- – and the Mavericks scored 41 points in the fourth quarter. It's just another, you know, way that we can say the Mavericks having this many different guys to give you different looks – at any one given night or any one given game, they're going to need something different. They're going to need a different lineup, a different look. And for this game, it was a lineup of Porzingis and Boban to guard the rim with you know DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. to defend like mad on the perimeter and just run around and try really hard and try to tip passes because Cleveland was afraid to go to the rim. Or if they did go to the rim, they were definitely getting stuffed by one of the two seven-footers. So I thought that that was the big key to this game. Yeah, you know, when you go back to the summer and, you know, Dallas obviously, even go back to this last season, they made they made the Porzingis trade, they made the, and then right after that, they make the Harrison Barnes trade and open up all this cap space for the summer. And everything was, you know, made about like, all right, who are they going to go after? Are they going to spin on Tobias? Are they going to get Kimball Walker? And, you know, the big name free agent that they're going to drop the $30 million on on one guy. And they obviously missed out on that. So then it's like, hey, we got all this money. Then how are we going to spread this money out into all these different resources, all these different guys? And they bring back their guys in Maxie and Dorian, which are probably going to come back either way if you got a big name or not. But they go out and get a DeLon Wright. 
They go out and get a Boban. They, you know, they go out and get a Seth Curry. Like they start mix and matching these different guys, and now all of a sudden you have all these different pieces, and it's these two, it's these two different routes that you can go when it goes in the team building. And we've joked around before about why they mix and match or they change the starting lineups, all this stuff, because some of these other guys, you know, of these other teams, they have these set in stone stars in the league. To where then you have this Mavericks approach of saying, "Hey, we got all these all these different guys." To where we might mix up the names in these starting starting units, but all these guys play a different role. That Carlisle and I think Tim Keto tweeted this out like I think the first week of the season said Rick's gonna mix and match so many of these different guys. It's gonna be on him a lot. To where he's just gotta find the right groove, the right combination of these guys, and I, I'm glad I don't have that job because Seriously. I mean, you legit have like ten guys that you just gotta figure out who guards who the most. I guarantee you, the preparation this season is—I mean, I, I don't know this. I haven't talked to the coaches about this or anything, but like, I feel like it's like times two for them because they are having to look to see who guards Bradley Bill the most and watching Courtney Lee tape for hours on him guarding Bradley Bill over the past four years. You mean they're you know, going to do more prep than a, than a season where they're trying to lose games actively? I'm going to go on out on them and say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just shows you just uh, the fact that Boban can step in tonight and be a plus 25, <laughs> which is crazy for Boban tonight, wow. uh, and, and step in, help him win this basketball game. I feel like this type of game is a game they would lose two years ago. Even last year, maybe. That you come off this big emotional loss yeah. against the Lakers. You know, you're still somewhat of a fairly young team. I mean, Courtney Lee, JJ Bray, two oldest guys, for the most part, like they're not even like in, really in the rotation. So, I mean, a pretty, a pretty young team. You have this emotional loss on Friday to the Lakers. And then this is like the trap game. Like this is where the young the young overachieving team in the league has the trap game right after that. You play a bad team in the league and then you get beat by eight to ten points and you look at it in the fourth quarter and you're like, Why did we lose this game? We should have never lost this game. But and at the beginning, when Kevin Love was going Wilt Chamberlain mode, like that I mean, that was scary at first. I'm like, dang it, this is where we're at. But the fact that they turned it around and they end up winning this game. It's just another another angle of this whole, like, the Mavericks are a good basketball team. And it, I think it proved a lot of things. As much as you can say it proved stuff against playing against the Cavaliers, I think how this game played out and where it set on the schedule right after this Lakers game and everything that happened on Friday, I think it did prove something for this Mavericks team. Yeah, it again proves, so we just we'd say this over and over again, that the Mavericks floor has been risen because they got Porzingis and Luka. You know, when you're playing a team like this Cavs team, if Kevin Love goes off for, you know, twenty nine points like he did, you just have to hold the rest of the guys and hope that nobody else gets twenty or that nobody else, you know, goes off and has a run in the fourth quarter like the Mavericks did. The Mavericks you can kind of say the same thing about them, but if if Luka gets twenty nine and Porzingis can also throw an 18, and then you get you know 50 points off the bench essentially, uh, and then you know double figures from two of your other starters. Like you can just get a lot of things from the other Mavericks on this team. And Luca raises the floor, and then the depth I think adds to the, their ceiling for sure. 
Oh. And and Cleveland shot the lights out of the ball. Like yeah, I did. tweeted out one point, they were like thirteen of twenty nine, and somebody tweeted back and they're like, "Hey, this stat doesn't matter. Like the Mavericks are like fifty percent of the." I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to tell you what Cleveland's shooting right now because when you look at Cleveland stats for the year, they're they are twenty fourth in the league in three pointers a game, averaging ten threes a game. They hit eighteen three pointers tonight. That's better than what they've been doing. Uh, they're shooting 33% as a team from three-point land this past, or this season so far. They shot 30, what, 37% tonight. They were shooting the lights out from behind the arc, and Dallas still stayed, not really, I don't want to say stayed in it because they were, I mean, it's it's Cleveland, but they still put off the win. And what are we, What? how are we going to defend these bigs like Kevin Love? This is a great question. Uh, coming up, let's talk about how the Mavericks are going to defend bigs like this because it's been a couple of games, and I think we have big questions about that. All right, Isaac. So you brought up the point, and I, I texted this to you in the middle of the game. So Dwight Powell goes out against Mason Plumley, and he takes it to him in the paint. Dwight Powell goes out against Anthony Davis, and the Lakers literally just – I mean, LeBron <laughs> – Brings the ball up, literally just to pass the ball inside to Anthony Davis. It was so obvious and so obligatory that they, that this was their game plan and that Carlisle didn't change Dwight Powell for Maxi or even Boban or somebody else. That this was the Lakers' just game plan down the stretch is just to throw it down and hope that Anthony Davis could score on Dwight Powell. And I think in the final two minutes and, and then in overtime as well, I did a breakdown video on Free Dawkins about this game that Anthony Davis scored four out of the five times they just dumped it down to him. Mm. Not even off you know, any kind of action, nothing. They just, just gave it down to him. And so Dwight Powell can't guard those guys. Then you get a game like this where in the first quarter, the first three minutes of the game, he scores eight quick points. Kevin Love scores eight quick points against Dwight Powell, so he can't guard these stretch fours either. Who is Dwight Powell going to guard? And I mean, this is a huge problem for the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely something they got to – they have to figure out moving forward because there's just too many of these guys in the league. I mean, I can hear the argument of people saying, hey, nobody can guard Anthony Davis, all right? But, like, we like Kevin Love, but Kevin Love's not at the peak of his powers like he used to be. And, I mean, he started off this game just torching. Talking about, yeah, it's two different styles. I mean, Anthony Davis, it felt like, uh, if you, what would you say, four out of five times that, you know, he scored it on the six. It, it felt like three, you know, either all four of those or three out of four of those was literally him just backing down and shooting right over the top of him. Right. Not just like fadeaways or shake moves or like anything like that. No, just right over the top of him. So if, if he's like too small to guard some of those, those type of bigs, let's just say type of bigs, not the talent of AD. But then you have somebody on the perimeter like Kevin Love who can shoot like that. I mean, the fours in the league, it's going to be one of those two, you know, <laughs> two, two types of players. So you wonder, yeah, is this going to be Maxi? Maxi Kleba didn't play tonight because the knee contusion thing. So that was huge. Is, is this Maxi's spot? You know, they countered it kind of with Boban, uh, you know, playing huge minutes and they just went ultimate big man mode at that point. But if KP's going to have to guard these the anchors we should say are the you know the fives Dwight's got to guard these guys and that's why I, I mean I honestly going back to the I'm just beating a drum at this point but like Dorian has to start okay I, I, I'm, I'm there I don't care if it's at the four with KP I don't care if it's at the three I feel like give me Dorian guarding Kevin Love at least he can you know 
over Dwight Powell in that scenario, but I don't want to sit here and focus on a whole big negative. I just think even though they won, I think this is something they have to address at some point. Absolutely. Um, And we talked about this, you know, before the season, their whole plan was that Porzingis would play, you know, five on, on defense and four on offense. And the Dwight Powell play four on defense and five on offense, be the rim roller and then guard these fours. Well, now we've seen, you know, he has to guard some center. I guess Mason Plumlee plays more of a center, but these, you know, big fours, there's a lot of them in the league, like Isaac said. They're either going to be these big guys like Davis or Kevin Love, or they're going to be these, you know, smaller wingish guys. You know, if Paul George plays there, Bojan plays there, you know, a bunch of other guys like that, he can't guard those guys. It, it might have to be Dorian. And, so, and they brought in Dorian after Kevin Love went off in the first quarter. They brought in Dorian after that with this, they did a whole line change except for Luca. And Carlisle subbed him in, and he guarded Kevin Love, and it kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit. <laughs> Torian yeah. is now just the guy that they sub in to guard whoever. Damian Lillard, LeBron James, CJ McCollum, Bradley Beal, just whoever you need him to guard, he guards. He's become you know a very important Mavericks player. He he really has. I mean, and it yeah, he really, really has. Uh, and, and when you look at it, and if he keeps on playing this role, I mean, he really could be someone you look at and say, Man, they really got him on a really good parking yeah. uh, for that contract and bringing him back on that restricted deal. But can we talk about Porzingis? Because oh, yeah. I see mixed, I see mixed thoughts on him, and I, I think I'm honestly there. Uh, my wife asked me tonight as we, as I had the game on, she says, "Has anyone like disappointed this season? Is anyone that you thought was going to do really, really good that's not doing really, really good?" And I'm like, honestly, there's not anybody there. Like, I don't think there's anybody at that point to where I'm like, dang, like just completely opposite of what I expected of them. I was like, but there's still a level that Porzingis is just not at yet in this offense. And it's just, it's still clear. It's still weird. And what's scary is for me, and and I might be alone in this, but I know I'm not alone because I see a few tweets about this, but what's scary is I feel like he's not even close to being where he should be in this offense. And he's still putting up stat lines like he did tonight of 18 points, four of six from three point line. I mean, three point line, nine boards, six blocks. Like this, that's a pretty dang good stat line. And I still don't feel like he's fully acclimated. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a positive, right? That he still just doesn't look completely, you know, comfortable. Carlisle mentioned after the Lakers game that he needs to that that Porzingis not getting in a rhythm and it's struggling in the second half was on him because he didn't get him enough, you know, good looks. Carlisle's still trying to figure out how to use him, and there's just not many players in NBA history that have... There's no players in NBA history that are like him. I mean, Dirk might be the closest one as far as a guy that can shoot the kind of shots that he can, and so trying to you know, create an offense for Dirk, and he can't do the things that Dirk can, so you can't just say, hey, let's recycle some of these plays that Dirk ran and run them for Porzingis. It's a little different than that, but they, they're still trying to figure out how to use him, and he's probably still trying to get his sea legs out under him. I mean, he hasn't played basketball in a really long time, and he's still hasn't put, set out a game yet. He hasn't set out a game yet. He's played 30 minutes in almost every – I think he played 37 minutes against the Lakers. Yeah, he's, he's playing a lot. Um, Isaac, only five players have ever recorded nine rebounds, six blocks, and four made threes in a game. Wow. Okay, so three of them are active. Can you guess who they are? Obviously, one of them is Porzingis. Did you say seven footers? No, just any player recorded nine rebounds, five blocks, four made threes. So two players are currently active. Oh, God. I mean, I don't know. Kawhi, LeBron. They're big men. Oh, Towns? Towns is one. And the other? Jokic. No. Plays with LeBron. 
Oh, well, of course, yeah. Anthony Davis in 2017, Carl Anthony Towns. The other two guys, former Maverick, NBA champion, defensive specialist. Deshaun Stevenson. Big wing, played with Steve Nash. <laughs> Sean Marion. Sean Marion in 2008 when he was with the Suns. And the last one, another former Maverick that you would never guess in a thousand years. This is in 2002, Rafe LaFriends. Oh, let's go, Ray. You're the first player ever. <laughs> Six blocks, four, th- four made threes, and nine rebounds. Let's go, Ray. All right, I have a bunch of other Luca stats, too. So yeah, let me just, yeah, let's let me just finish throw these Luka. at you. Okay, so over the course of a calendar year, 2019, the number of players, with, or the number of games a player has had 27 points, 12 boards, and 12 assists in 2019. Luca has three of those games. How many games do you think the rest of the NBA combined has? 12, 27 points, 12 boards, 12 assists. Gosh, I don't know, like two or three, Harden maybe? Three, just three. Two of them are LeBron, and one of them is uh, Joel Embiid. Oh. Luka has as many 27, 12, and 12 games as the rest of the league combined. Wow, that's insane. Um, Luka Doncic. Over the last two games, so Cleveland game, 29 points, 14 boards, 15 assists. Lakers game, 31 points, 13 boards, 15 assists. He joins three legends, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, and Oscar Robertson as the only players in the NBA history with multiple games scoring at least 29 points, 13 boards, and 15 assists. And Luka did it in back-to-back games. He's the youngest player ever to do it. He's the only one that's ever done it in back-to-back games. The dude, and the kid's literally 20 years old. He's 20 years old. That is crazy. But, okay, this is a conversation for a different podcast. But the Luka Doncic-Porzingis net rating for their two-man lineup, negative five. Okay. So they have an offensive rating of 105.8. The Mavericks currently have the best offensive rating in the NBA. It's like 113 or something like that. Let's go. But the, the but when Luca and Porzingis share the floor, their offensive rating is 105.8. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Their defense rating is 110.8. Yeah, so but this is positive though, because the Mavericks are four and two. They've played three really tough teams in that stretch. And two literally two plays away from being six and oh, but we two plays away from being six and oh, and Luca and Porzingis have a negative net rating as a duo. They haven't even hit their peak, not even close to what they can yeah. be. That'll work out. That'll work out for sure. I'm not worried about that. I'm not saying you're saying it's worried or worse I'm just saying stats. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's interesting and I, I think it's just I think it's a testament. I don't even think it's a, a Luca type thing. It's a just figuring out how and I mean Rick's been very open about this, how they can get Borzingis involved. Yeah. And that number also accounts for the other three players on the court with them and then the, yeah. the lineups that they the starting lineups they face too. I mean they they face some pretty tough starting lineups too. So oh, sure. there you go. That's our thoughts on the Cavs game as well as the Luca crazy. We're going to hype up more Luca. Don't think we're overlooking Luca right now. Literally tomorrow we'll probably all talk talk just all about Luca and where he's at in the league and all I, that stuff. I think we're going to do a how many players would you take over Luca for just this year? I think we're going to yes. do that tomorrow. We need to put some things in perspective because the level that Luca's playing at right now is just unbelievable. Shout out to all the people who said he hit a ceiling last year, and 
just want to give y'all a little shout. Uh, hopefully, you're shout out podcast. to Vlade Divac. Shout out to Travis Schlank. Shout out to yeah, uh, man, who's running the who's running the Suns then, and who's running them now? I don't know. Was McDonough running it at that point? I guess McDonough. I guess Goatman. The Goatman. Shout out to all three of those men. Hey guys, for y'all should have listened to Igor. <laughs> all right, y'all could y'all could have still had Igor, which Monty's doing great. So I don't want to anyway. But yeah, the Suns are doing they're, they're they're loving where they are right now. But yeah, well, still, what could have been? What could have been? There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. We'll be back tomorrow. So boom. <laughs>